Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're talking about the health, wellness, and fitness continuum with primary foods. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 42. We are 10 episodes away, Nicole, from one full year. I know. That's phenomenal. I never thought we would be here. I'd like to thank all of our fans and all of the little people and all of the happy people listening to our show day in (laughs) and day out and supporting us. And keep on supporting us. And don't forget to click subscribe, write a review, and share this with a friend. So... I want to start this episode by highlighting the fact that your health, your wellness, and your fitness is not just about your gym activities and your nutrition. It's also about your life, your relationships, your career, your finances, sense of purpose, self-esteem, and many more aspects of your life that are tied into this. Your fitness journey is not separate from your life. It's woven into it. Once you begin to realize that, you'll be setting yourself up for a long-lasting, successful journey, not only in fitness, but in life. Nothing in your life is separate. It's all tied together. So I want to emphasize that going into this episode, because we're going to talk about the deeper aspects of the changes that need to happen both in your life and your fitness for you to have complete control of your health and wellness. So Nicole, let's dive into it. What are we starting with? Well, I want to talk about how these things, how and why these things are interconnected and how, why, mm-hmm. why we should think about our, our fitness and our health and our wellness as this whole kind of life continuum. So yeah, I want to start with relationships okay. and how the relationships that you have in your life mm-hmm. are affecting other aspects of your life, including your fitness and nutrition, because that's a lot of what we talk about here. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one thing that I would just add before we go into relationships is the whole idea of long-term lifestyle change, which is why primary foods are so an important, such an important topic in terms of connecting all of these pieces together. So for our listeners, that's one of, that's the biggest reason why this is so important. Daron and I are so, um, kind of hell bent on getting rid of like the quick fix and the short term stuff that we see in the health and wellness industry. And we really want to focus on long term change. And when you do that, you have to focus on all the other aspects of your life and primary foods, which is a concept of those interwoven components of everything else in your life are the most important so that your secondary foods, which are your actual nutrient density choices that you make throughout the day are easier to make when these primary foods are set. Relationships are the top one. This is the first one of the primary foods. And so they're let's dive in a little bit a little bit further into what what the difference between primary foods and secondary mm-hmm. foods are. So primary foods aren't actually food. Edible food. Right. But they are things that you consume such as your relationships with other people, mm-hmm. your relationship with your finances your relationship with your job or career, 
Uh, and mm-hmm. really your relationship with yourself and your sense of purpose, right? right? So it's all of that life shit that you're consuming on a regular basis. And then right. that is going to affect the decisions that you make in mm-hmm. what we call your secondary foods, which are your protein, protein carbs, carbs, fat, water, right? All of the things Alcohol. that you're actually consuming right. uh, that's going into your mouth. But all of the things between primary and secondary foods are things that you're consuming and they're affecting your body in some way, shape, or form. So we need to focus on all of those. Right. It's nourishment, right? We, we have foods that nourish us, and then we have aspects of life, our job, relationships that nourish us as well in a different way. And it can be the other way around. Like you can have people that eat really well and focus on their nutrition exercise, and then they, they're nourished better in their relationships and their career. So it, it goes both ways. It's not just a one-track pathway. But I think it's important to, to keep in mind that as you enter into either side of this, if you're coming in already an exerciser and someone that is honed in on their nutrition, there are things that may be off balance in your primary foods and then vice versa. And as coaches, these are things that we discuss with clients kind of on a deeper level, because a lot of people get confused as to what coaching actually is. It's not just macro tracking and counting calories. It's so much deeper than that. And people really don't think that has anything to do with their weight loss, body fat change, gym routine, anything like that. They think it's completely separate. So we want to, in this episode, try and get our listeners to understand about bridging the gap. I will also say, so we've done kind of a similar episode to this before, Mm -hmm. but I think that this came uh, back around in, I think, a conversation that I had with you, Nicole, about the things that I've gone through and the growth and development Mm-hmm. you know, even that we go through in our lives. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, I know you and I have talked about, you know, financially where we were versus where we are. Mm-hmm. And we've, you know, there are so many things that I realized that balance is just to me more fulfilling than being all in on one area. Because right. I think for so many years, it was that what you were talking about, right? Where it was my bodybuilding, my, my body, my physique, my macros, my eating, my training. And mm-hmm. that was like, I had it all together in that part, but didn't focus on other areas of my life. And what I realized in this is that like now, as I go into my later adult years, I'm realizing all of the things that I am focused on. And I'm like, I just had an epiphany moment where I'm like, oh man, primary foods, like they're, they're really coming together. Right. <laughs> and it's, and it's this thing that you're constantly working on right. and some areas of your life will be, uh, getting more attention than other areas of your life in certain, mm-hmm. in certain days or years or months. But you know, it's, I'm focused on my exercise. I'm focused on my, uh, education, right. In going mm-hmm. back to grad school, I'm focused on my finances. I have more money saved than ever before. I'm focused on relationships with other people and mm-hmm. bettering those relationships and allowing relationships that serve me better. Right? right. So it's it's all about balancing your life in this continuum of all of these things that, as you said, Nicole, nourish you. Mm-hmm. It's like so when we talk about relationships as a primary food, I always describe it to clients as no one diet or food plan or food program or macronutrient split or calorie amount is this going to be the same for every single person. Every person that we work with comes in in a different place. 
and we set them up for a different path depending on their goal. Relationships are the same thing. No one person in your life, I believe this, <laughs> is going to fulfill you for every need that you have. I come to Daron a lot of the times and I'll say, I need to talk about this. And he says, I'm not the person for you. <laughs> Go talk to your girlfriends about this. This is in my lane. I have no idea how to respond. And I'm a guy and I just want to fix the problem. And you don't want the fix, the solutions. You just want to vent. And I can't listen to this today. So he can't provide that type of need that I have for that type of relationship. Now, that doesn't mean Doronas is an, an amazing friend. I just, he's right. He can't give that to me. So I go to my girlfriends and I talk to them and they <laughs> help me hash things out in a way that I feel heard, nourished, listened to. And I come to Daron when it's other things like nutrition or clients or workouts or my man troubles. <laughs> well, anything that I feel like he can help me and nourish me with. And so when those when those relationships aren't providing you what you need to your what you said earlier, Jerome, we have to kind of gently slide them away and find the people that do. And this is also is really important when it comes to support from your diet and exercise program. So if you're someone that's just entering this journey and you're not getting that support at home, it's much more difficult to make time to go to the gym when someone at home is like, no, you can't go or no, we have kids or blah, 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 whatever the sentence is. So you find that gym support with the community in the gym that you go to or the coach that you're working with or the trainer that's supporting you. And it's okay for people not to be able to give you what you need, but it's up to you to find that support in other places. That's a big piece to relationships. Yeah. And I think it's, we have to be comfortable with seeking out new relationships that serve a different purpose, also in a different stage of our lives. Exactly. Right. Because yeah. if as you evolve as a person, you're going to have different needs mm -hmm. as a human being and you're going to need to find those. It's always been like this. Uh, surround yourself with people that, uh, you know, are have the same aspirations or are already ahead of you in in that place where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's if that's your fitness journey, you want to surround yourself with people who are like minded, who right. are going to give you the support you need in your fitness journey. If yeah. it's your financial journey, you want to surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up financially or in your career. Right. You want to be able to seek those people out as you enter those phases of your life. Mm hmm. And there's different types. You know, one of the most interesting things about relationships is that I found over the years is that people, there's different types of people. I mean, obviously we know this, but some people are really turned up and nourished by social events. Like they like to go out and they like to be around a lot of friends and they need to have a lot of group stuff that nourishes them. It gives them a sense of community and it lifts them up and it kind of charges them up or energizes them especially if there's someone that maybe works in a cubicle all day and doesn't really talk to a lot of people. For me, I'm the complete opposite. I'm in a noisy gym all day. There's treadmills, there's music, there's TVs, there's chatter. And so when I'm in the gym and I'm talking and I'm going and I'm on, when I come home, I want peace and quiet. And I like to be alone a little bit more. And that busy, chaotic, like social stuff sometimes can be overwhelming and make me more feel like I'm more stressed out. So the type of person you are and the type of relationships that you need to recharge you and energize you and nourish you that way is also going to be different from person to person. 
Well, that's like there are those people that, you know, like you're alluding to, there are those people that get recharged by being around people and there are people mm -hmm. that get drained by being around people. Yeah, right? exactly. And you need to figure out what type of person you are in terms of that and, and what your needs are. Yeah. Now, and then provide yourself. Yep. Now, obviously, everybody has, you know, to some extent, I think as human beings, we need to socialize. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, we also have to know what our limits are. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how this is tied into triggers with uh, food or exercise yeah. and your decisions with that. So, Nicole, can you get into that a little bit? Yeah. So I think one of the when we talk about emotional eating, I would kind of categorize that as uh, a piece here from a from not just relationship standpoint, but pr pretty much from every of every one of the primary foods. So there's an acronym called HALT that I learned years ago in um, a dis actually it was in a disordered eating course that I took. Um, and it's H-A-L-T. It's hunger, angry, lonely, and tired. They're emotional triggers that create a different response to the type of choices that we make specifically around food. Like if you are angry, you've had a, a fight with your boss or an argument with your husband or spouse, the choices that you make that night, that next day are going to be different because you're emotionally charged. Things are, you're feeling some sort of way. Loneliness is a big one. If you are single alone, this past whole COVID year where people have been kind of locked down, um, a lot of loneliness is a big piece to why we choose foods that maybe we're not really actually physiologically hungry for, but we're emotionally hungry for. We haven't seen people. We haven't hugged anyone. We haven't had any human touch. And then tired is another one. I mean, this is a big one with a lot of my clients that work a ton of hours. They have come home and they're really not off. They've got kids and husbands and animals and all kinds of stuff to take care of. At the end of the night, you sit down in front of the TV and you're so exhausted. There's two types of people. Some people are exhausted and choose not to eat, which we know is, is just as bad for you as if you're overeating and you go into the kitchen and take down a bottle of wine and eat all of the Cheetos. So those types of emotional triggers can go either way in terms of how we feed and nourish our body from a food standpoint. I am the worst when I'm tired. Me too. I am such a bitch when I'm tired. I'm well, <laughs> I make the worst decisions food wise. That's and well, that's where I'm yeah. like, I, I absolutely always need a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, something's going to get thrown off. I'm going to get a curveball in, in my nutrition plan. Well, look, think about it this way. A lot of clients will use alcohol as a way to go to sleep if they're so tired, they can't sleep or they'll eat foods that push down emotions or numb emotions is a better word when they really don't even want to have the conversation. They're too tired to even argue the situation or argue with the spouse or, or any situation. They just don't want to have the conversation. So what do you do? You go into the kitchen, you have a bag of what were those flaming hot Cheetos? That you talked about you know, I'll, before? I'll, I'll give, I'll give an example of, we see this in movies all the time. Cause this yeah. is what's kind of ringing in my head. Girl gets sad. She, she eats gets the a, pint of ice cream. Gonna, yep. She's a, she's going through a breakup. <laughs> she's sitting in front of the TV crying and yeah. eating, eating ice cream and, you know, eating her heart out. But yeah, that, I mean, that, I mean, the reason why we see that in movies is because that's true. It's there are certain right. things that are triggers for us when it comes to relationships with other people. Well, it goes down. The next piece of relationship is communication. That's where I feel like the HALT acronym is really important because the first, the H of that is hunger. What are you actually hungry for? Are you hungry for physiological food, like for food, real food? 
or are you hungry because you're angry, lonely, tired, and you can list a whole slew of any other emotion, but what is that hunger really about? What do you really need to nourish? Do you have to have a conversation with someone to nourish the fact that whatever the communication that was happening earlier didn't settle right with you? So now you're eating the ice cream, <laughs> whatever it might be that you lean for, for, um, nourishment in terms of support and feeling better about it. So the type of communicator that you are, are you someone that does not speak your mind? Do you shut down? Do you say, I'm fine, which is like the female word all the time when you don't want to, I'm fine. Everything's great. Just leave me alone. I'm fine. For <laughs> us, for us men, when you get that text message, I'm fine. You know, you're in trouble. You know, things are not fine, <laughs> but essentially you have to figure out what type of communicator you are. Are you somebody that verbally vomits like an over communicator, an overthinker so that you're the person that you're trying to communicate with just gets this slew of emotion and then they shut off? Like, how does that communication happen? And that's work when it comes to relationships. That's constant work. So that can be a huge piece to your quote unquote hunger, what you actually are need to nourish. Great. So, Nicole, if we had to recap on that, if we had to recap on that, I would say just keep in mind that the quality of your relationships are super important, that you want to make sure that you're really putting good people or surrounding yourself with good people that lift you up and that you're really authentically trying to cultivate the support that you need from the individuals that are going to give you what you need. So really making sure you know who to go to for what and that not all relationships will fill you up in every type of way that your communication, if you have trouble communicating, you want to work on being a good communicator, good listener, keeping in mind that halt, that hunger, anger, loneliness, and tired. Like when you are feeling some sort of way, are you really hungry for food or is there something deeper going on that you maybe haven't tackled or hashed out? All right. And next on our list, we're going to talk about career. Career. I'll say what the first thing right out the gate, this is where we spend how much time? at least 90% of my life is in the gym with the people that I work with and my clients. And it's a prime source of income. It's what supports us and creates the lifestyle that we need to fulfill those needs that are so important to us. A safe place to live, <laughs> you know, food right. on the table. Right. And going like going into kind of that concept of and we've talked about this before Maslow's hierarchy yeah. of needs, right? Exactly. You need uh, safety, food and shelter are right. at the bottom of that pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And your career in modern day is what provides that we're not going out hunting right. for our food, building teepees, you know, doing all these things. <laughs> we are working to provide uh, safety, security and food and water and all of those things that we need. So career is, you know, ties into a lot of your basic human needs. Yeah. I mean, listen, time management, I could list a million things when it comes to career. This is a big topic. Excuse me. This is a big topic with my clients in terms of what type of job are they in? What does it look like in terms of time? Like how much time do they spend at work? What are the days um, that they work? How many hours are they at work? What type of time management do they create? Do they fit in their exercises? Do they bring their lunch? Do they have lunch on site? What type of choices do they make? And then what's the job satisfaction? You know, there are a lot of people that we talk to that are in a job that maybe isn't something that they truly love. It's not really their passion, but it pays the bills and all of those needs that you were just talking about. And they are trying to 
stick with that job and find a way to love that job because it provides for them versus someone that may get the best of both worlds like me, where I have a job that provides me all, with all of my needs financially. And I absolutely love it, which can also swing the pendulum in the other direction. I'm a absolute workaholic, have been all my life. Or the flip side is you have a mm-hmm. job that's fulfilling, but it isn't providing security. Exactly. So you have all those aspects to your career. And with every single one of those options or pathways, that's going to you know, shake the ground as to what is or how I should say you treat your body. I think there are, there are different types of people when it comes to this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people that chase passion and, you know, what they feel is their purpose as their career. In that case, you have to find ways and it's probably a little bit more difficult to be financially stable. And then there are the people that are like, well, this is my job. This pays the bills. It provides the lifestyle outside of work that Mm -hmm. I want but I'm unfulfilled in my job. So I don't know which one is better or worse. I don't think either is. I think it depends on the person and the how they handle the stress of each of those different situations, right? I'm very happy with my finding my purpose in life and loving what I'm doing, and I will make the finances work. That's how I feel. And I've done it my whole life, but I have friends that need that financial security because the the lack of financial security for them. And it was, I'm saying that because we're like a commission based job or a sales based job versus a salary based job. You have a salary, you show up, you get your money. It depends on the person how you handle that. It does not stress me out. Other things stress me out in life. That one doesn't. But for some people, having that financial security and that um, that salary base keeps them nice and focused. There's low stress and maybe other things stress them out, but it really is how you balance that out. This is why we call it primary foods. It's primary for you as the individual. And then how you pivot and handle the stress and make change is really based off of you. You make those decisions. So let's talk about scenario A, where you're unfulfilled in your job and you're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're just doing it for financial reasons. Maybe you have financial obligations. You have a family, you have mouths to feed, you're married. Yeah. You have kids, you've got bills, you've got college tuition to pay for. You've got all these things. Right. You're unfulfilled. So where do you find that nourishment if you're not necessarily finding it in your career? Well, this is the thing. One thing I talk about with my clients is to find gratitude in what they are doing for their career. So finding a way to love what you do may not be the actual job itself that you love, but the result of that, like There are a lot of people that hate cardio, but you have to do cardio to keep your heart healthy. But we do it anyway. We find some sort of love in it. But I would argue, and I'm just looking at it from my standpoint. Yeah. I hate certain types of cardio. Mm -hmm. So you won't find me now, or you will, but you will rarely find me now indoors on a piece of cardio equipment. Right. And I could just go outside and ride my bike for an hour. Right. Okay, so that's a fair statement. So you can manipulate the type so that you can still get cardio and feel happy about it. Well, if you can't do that with your job, you have to find a way to love the job. I just had this conversation with someone the other day. She's in finance. She's bored. She doesn't feel like she's challenged, et cetera. And I'm like, well, you find a way to show up every day and be happy that you have a job. It's extremely she's very successful financially, so she does not want to leave this position. I don't blame her. I wouldn't either. So you find other things. This is where we go to relationships that fulfill you, to your workout program, 
that maybe gives you a different type of excitement. You know, you focus on those things and you just stand in gratitude that you have a job that pays you that much money and that you can utilize in other aspects of your life. Like she can hire a food prep company and have all her food delivered to her. Some of us may have a a harder time doing that, but she can. So listing all of the things that, that it does provide so that you feel you can find love in some way. Like you got to find a way to love it either that or you have to make a change. But you know, I don't feel like people need to change that if it's giving you something like if it wasn't giving you the financial stability and you weren't finding your purpose and you're miserable, you know, and it's creating stress and, and making you unhealthy. Well, then it's time to make some serious changes. But if you're getting a good handful of things out of it, I think you should work with it. That's just my opinion. But so you mentioned stress a bunch. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about stress and the effects of stress on our body and the different types of stress. Okay. Well, there's four main types of stress that I talked to. I learned this about a year or so ago, and I really liked it because I feel like I, I see it a lot with clients. Um, there's perceived stress, which is kind of an emotional overthinking, like what you think situations are going to come out as like a perceived stress of an event that you're going to a workout that you have to, you know, a challenging workout that you're, you're going to do today. The perceived stress is that this is going to be hard. I don't know if I can do it. You know, all that mental overthinking that we kind of hammer through. There's something called glycemic stress, which is a lot of this is, this is definitely tied to your nutrition where you're overeating, you're under-exercising, your uh, blood sugar isn't stable from the type of um, maybe lack of protein or different types of macronutrients that may be off balance. That can create a lot of stress on our system as well and can create hunger triggers with our certain hunger hormones. Circadian stress, I think everybody is aware of lack of sleep and how that affects the way the things that we choose for food the next day, whether we can complete an exercise workout the next day, how we approach our relationships. If we're grumpy from not sleeping, our ability to communicate is not as strong. And then there's inflammatory stress, which is basically the first three, a combination of the first three that can really wreak havoc on our system. But it also can um, tie into gut health, you know, that gut brain connection, creating fulfillment and just stress over change or different changes that are going on day to day. So there are a lot of different types of stress that can, if you have a combination of any one, uh, more than one of those, then it can really wreak havoc on all aspects of, you know, how we create a healthy lifestyle from exercise to food, to water intake, everything. Now, I want to use that and piggyback off of what you just said to Mm -hmm. jump into the next one. Okay. And the one thing I want to say about the next one, which is exercise, somebody posted about this on, and it was like, a, it was another coach on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a fucking men. Okay. What when, did they say? when I saw it and it was because now I'm tying the stress and connecting it with the next piece that we were going to talk about, which is exercise. And okay. it was stop using exercise as a way to de-stress yeah because exercise in it is stress. is stress right so and th- <laughs> yeah. this is where we get in the concept of and we've talked about this and we have instagram posts on this the stress cup 
where you've got all of these things going on. You've got uh, your life stress. You've got your job stress. You've got your the stress that you're perceiving of for an event coming up. You've got uh, dietary stress, which we'll kind of refer to as that glycemic stress or exer- lack of exercise, whatever it is. And then you've got your lack of sleep and you've got other inflammatory things going on, maybe an imbalanced gut. And then on top of that, so you've got this stress cup and the stress cup is filled to the brim. And mm-hmm. then you decide to add ex- intense exercise and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to get results. I'm going to do high intensity interval training every day. <laughs> Even if you're not doing high intensity interval, you're just exercising. Exercise in and of itself is a stress on the body. It's a potential beneficial stress because it pushes your body to adapt and become more resilient. But the whole reason why your body changes from exercise is because it's putting a stress on the system, which is forcing the system to change in some way, shape or form, whether it's all about how you do it. Right. right. Like right. if your and stress it's... cup is full and you're walking daily and it reduces the stress, that's that's an exercise that is going to benefit those stress imbalance. But it's also about managing the other things. And this is where primary foods come right. in, because if you're not managing your primary foods and they're stressing you out and then you're adding exercise mm-hmm. and you're adding a restrictive food plan, yes. which is also creating a stressful environment on your body, then that is where you're not really going to see results because you need to intertwine this whole system that's woven together. It's not just about your exercise and your nutrition. It's about managing your other stressors as well. And that is what primary foods are. So with that being said, now let's go into the importance of exercise when your stress cup isn't full. I think it depends on how full and what's full in terms of the stress cup for sure. But we all know like there's so much research on why we need movement. I mean, exercise is more of a more from an intensity standpoint, but we thrive on movement as humans. So this is why I love walking so much. And movement changes our state of mind. I've had so many clients that are like, I had a poor day of eating. I just lost it, Nicole. I was so stressed. My kids were driving me crazy and I didn't eat my lunch. I went off the cuff. And the first thing that I always say to them is, okay, take a deep breath. The second thing I say to them is get up off your butt and go for a walk. And they think I'm crazy. (laughs) And I'm like, you need to move to change your state of mind. You can't sit in the house and just continue to beat yourself up because you had a bad lunch and you didn't eat it. You didn't eat the food that you should have and you made a different choice. If you sit and wallow in that, that state of mind is going to eat you alive and you're going to continue to make bad choices. Get up and change your state of mind. Move, take a walk. I don't care what it is. Walk up and down the stairs 20 times in your kitchen or wherever. Meditate, do some yoga breathing or yoga poses. Like You have got to move around to get out of that state of mind. So when we talk about exercise from a primary food standpoint, we talk about it from the standpoint of you utilizing it to better your state of mind. It's not just about creating stress on your system, like you said, about jumping into a HIIT workout and just beating the shit out of yourself so that you think you burned enough calories to burn off what you ate poorly. That's not the reason why you exercise. And it's certainly not the reason why- I, I want to highlight what you just said. That's not the reason why you exercise because okay. I've been talking about this a lot lately. Okay. I see it all the time mm-hmm. where individuals will come into the gym and they're tracking their watches and they're like, how many calories mm-hmm. can I burn in this one hour workout? You got and it. I always say 
that your workouts aren't meant to be a time to burn calories. Yeah. And I am never concerned when clients tell me this is how many calories I burn in my workout. Guess what? I'm not paying attention because I don't care. I yeah. don't care. And not, I'm not saying that to be mean. To be And it's not that it coach. doesn't mean anything because I but, do have clients pay attention to it, but, but to it's not me, the end all be all. But to me, it's irrelevant. What matters more is how many calories are you burning outside of your workout, first and foremost? And I, I'm getting a little off topic here, but how many okay. calories are you burning outside of your workout? Because your NEAT is your non-exercise yes. activity thermogenesis is 20% of your daily expenditure. Your resting metabolic rate is something like 60% of your mm -hmm. uh, daily expenditure, which means, okay, why am I in the gym? Well, I'm in the gym to build muscle to increase my resting metabolic rate because right. that's the largest trunk. And then outside of the gym, I'm making sure that I'm moving frequently because it's good for my body. It's good for my calories that I'm burning throughout the day. And it's great for my mind, mm -hmm. right? So when we're thinking about that, change your mind frame about the purpose of your workout. Yeah. Your workout is good for your mind. It's good for your body. And it's good for adaptations in your body that are going to help you to uh, progress forward. And most importantly, when we talk about exercise as a primary food, it's good for long-term lifestyle change. And I say that again, long-term lifestyle change, which means you have to continue to do it even on days that you don't want to some sort of movement doesn't have to be crazy movement, but you have to do something. So I use walking as a tool to change my client's mindset because it changes their state and then they have a fresh perspective and they come back and they feel better and it lifts their spirit. And if you can do it out in nature and in the sunshine, then you've got what we call a triple threat. You're walking, you're in sunshine, getting some vitamin D and you're in, you're out in nature. And there's a lot of gratitude and appreciation when you are hearing birds chirping, chirping, birds chirping, <laughs> trees, light, color, everything. We know that lifts us up so much. And this is why I prefer bike rides outside. Yes. It's exactly. part of the reason it feels great to be in the sun. And then, you know, in the winters is the, you know, winter activities outside on a snowboard. Right, I don't snowboard. want to be cooped up inside. I don't think that human beings were meant to be cooped up inside all day. And I think that that is something mm -hmm. that, you know, when we're talking about things that nourish and feed us. Being outside in nature is definitely a huge part of that. I think we spend way too much time. A lot of us spend way too much time doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. I am here in New York. And a lot of people are at home all day and then they, you know, they wake up in the morning, they get on a train, they're inside in the train, they walk to their office, they're in their office for eight, nine, 10 hours. Then they get back on the train, they're inside on the train, they go home and they spend their time inside. They're not yeah. or or they're going to work out and they're inside of a gym. And I think it's really important to get outside. I think yeah. that's something that nourishes us. And as human beings, that's something that we need. Yeah, I agree completely, which is. Again, like I said before, that's why exercise is considered a primary food. You need it for daily active, for all the things. You know, we talk about stress from exercise, but it's 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 not that exercise is stress for the bad. It can be stress for the good, but it, that the ricochet of how it affects you is what's really important. If it sends you into a spiral of if you're doing the hit train, if you're stressed out, you do hit training, you become more hungry, you go home and you can't control your eating. That happens. If you walk, if you have a poor food moment and you go outside and walk and you feel better and you're in the sun and you 
experience a good walk and you come home and your mind frame is reset, then you make a better choice going forward. That's how that ties into primary and secondary foods, like tying them together. I cannot say enough about walking. I'm going to, I'll probably be 80 years old telling clients to still get outside and walk. It's just one of the most simple ways to de-stress, feel better and look good. The other piece, <laughs> the, and the other piece is that, you know, just like food movement, you know, we need different types of foods and we need different types of exercise exactly. and we can't yep. constantly be doing the same thing. And this goes for all of our cardio bunnies out there that spend mm-hmm. all day on the treadmill, just walking or just running. Yeah. You need to mix up your exercise. The body was meant to move, not in one way, in multiple different Always. ways. Yeah. Well, then you can even tie in rest and recovery. And I know we'll get into that in the, in the next primary food, which is again, so important. Well, so let's just get into it. Okay. The last primary food that we're going to talk about today is spirituality. Yeah. And spirituality in, uh, in a broad sense, meaning your sense of self, how you view yourself, your self-esteem, your confidence, how you rest, how you recover, how you treat yourself, and just the connectivity to being creative, being aware of like what your body needs to recover, rest, relax, de-stress, all of those things. It ties in. And then you're, I mean, we could go into the spiritual side, your belief systems, what your values are, you know, all of that. It's so important to have some sort of grounding, gratitude, awareness, all of those types of things. Well, you know, it's a, it's something that I've I started diving into when I live, was living in Boston is the spiritual side, and I that's never... because of me, Daron. Let's be honest. Oh, shut up! I I <laughs> never never gonna admit. <laughs> anyway, it is the and I was always like, okay, like come on, spiritual BS, yeah. like whatever. But you know, you start to dive into your interconnectedness with everything around you, right? And that to me is different than. belief in you know i don't want to get all like religious here but like belief in a higher power is it's not a higher power in a you know a god kind of thing but it's the same thing as when i think of now i have a shifted perspective around needing to be outside because i have the realization where i'm interconnected with Mm -hmm. the universe and the things around me and i feed off of them right and and they feed and vice versa right so Mm -hmm. for, for example I exhale CO2 and I inhale oxygen and trees inhale CO2 and exhale Mm -hmm. oxygen. Right. And I have this common relationship with the nature around me or I feed off of sunlight because I need sunlight in order for my body to produce vitamin D. I'm interconnected with everything around me. And that realization, that spiritual realization, Mm -hmm. it just puts you in a better mind frame. Yeah with your relationship with the things around you and the people around you. Yeah, absolutely. I inhale excellence and exhale negativity, just so you know. (laughs) The other piece that I just want to kind of tie in here in terms of awareness and confidence and body image and all of those things, which is a huge piece to your nutrition, your exercise, how you treat yourself. It's so interwoven between the the decision of the types of foods that you eat based on how you think you look, especially, I I mean, I say this for both men and women, you know, if you don't view yourself as confident and you don't have self-trust around food and you don't think that you can create change and you aren't aware of the foods that you're putting in your body, like you could 
kind of hammer out and list all of those. It really makes it difficult to stick to a program or commit to a lifestyle that's going to make the changes that you want to achieve or achieve the goals that you're trying to work towards because you don't believe it will happen. And we see this a lot in coaching is the lack of trust in the person to actually achieve the goal, which, you know, if you don't believe it, not really going to happen. Well, it's the energy that you put out. Right. Yeah. And it's how you uh, voice that energy. Right. So it's yeah. I I am. And Nicole, you and I talked about this before we jumped on this, where I had a conversation with the client and I said, I am going to lose 15 pounds. Right. And then she kind of like smirked and laughed. And I was like, what are you laughing about? And she's like, because I know that your intent is set and you are going to do it mm -hmm. uh, versus the thought process that, you know, this sp specific client has been struggling with is mm -hmm. that is. I want to do it. And it's kind of like, am I going to do it? Am I capable? Well, it's of doing the, it? I would like to lose when a client comes, I would like to lose 15 pounds. I said, would you like to, or do you think you, you can, or are you going, to? or are you going to? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Do you think I can? And I said, well, yeah, I think you can do it. Uh, absolutely. But that's the, dis that's how, you know, to like, we talked about stages of change in uh, one of our previous episodes you have to make a decision. This is what I'm going to do. And, and I'm going to do the things that I need to do to get there. And if you're not, if you're wishy-washy or if you're, you don't trust yourself to do it, or you're not aware of, of how to do it, it obviously can make the process a lot harder. And this is where for our listeners, coaching is so important. All of these issues that you're going to be faced with when you're trying to create an exercise program and a, a lifestyle of nutrition and healthy living, they're all going to come at you and having a coach to help you manage all of your mindset, your stressors, your insecurities, your confidence, your awareness of these things even going on in your life, because a lot of people don't think they have anything to do with what they eat. That's what we're there to help you manage and create solutions to and hammer through those problems because a lot of the times we shut off and think, I don't have to think about that now. I'm just going to go exercise. And we don't realize what that does to our mindset and how it affects all of the choices that we make moving forward in terms of the commitment to the program and the goal. All right. Good stuff. So, Nicole, let's talk about the 12-step uh, approach to kind of tie this together and give people some actionable items mm -hmm. to think about and to uh, take home and maybe jot down and consider some of these areas that you need to focus on, whether they be primary or secondary. Uh, we'll start with primary. Yeah. And then work our way into secondary. Yeah. So a quick recap, primary foods, relationships, career, exercise, or I like to say movement, and then spirituality or sense of self. And within those primary foods, if you focus on these six things, which is eating less food that does not make you feel good and moves you closer towards achieving your goal, develop an easy, reliable habit or habits to nurture your body. Okay. So we talk ton, Daron and I talk a ton about creating healthy habits that are going to help you to get to the goal that you're looking to. They have to be really simple and you have to be able to really work on them. They can't be so hard that you give up creating healthy relationships that support your goals in you, like surrounding yourself with those positive people that lift you up. And even if you have people that challenge you in a positive way, or even if they challenge you in a negative way, working on taking control of how much 
you know, space they fill in your life. Exercise that you enjoy so that you can commit to it daily is basically what you want to do. You don't want to do things you absolutely hate. I mean, you may not love everything, but if you hate it, then find something else like Daron. Like you said, if you're not going to go into the gym and get on the treadmill, then find a way to get outside and exercise in something in a way that you enjoy so that you can do it daily and it becomes a lifestyle, not something you do just to burn calories. Um, and the fifth one is to find work you love or love the work that you have. And you, from a career standpoint, you've got to figure out some way to make that less stressful in your life. If you're in a job that you don't like, find a way to make that something that you can really work with. Um, and then the last, of course, is develop a spiritual practice. This can be meditation. It can be yoga. It can be Pilates. It can be walking outside. It could be journaling. It could anything, painting, listening to music, dancing. If that's your spiritual practice and it lifts you up and changes your state and makes you feel good and grounded and connected and aware and grateful, those things should be present. Those are your primary, your six primary food approaches to living your best life. And secondary? And secondary, we've talked about so much on pretty much every, <laughs> every episode, but just to hammer them out. Number one, drinking more water. Number two, I do this with a lot of clients, is really practicing cooking at home, practicing cooking recipes that you love, things that you're authentically excited to eat. Um, increase your whole grains, increase, increase your veggies, for those of you that has, have a sweet tooth, you can increase sweet vegetables and fruits that make you feel fulfilled and nourished. Increase your leafy greens and anchor your meals um, with protein. All the basic nutrition strategies that we talk about throughout all of the episodes that we've done thus far. So just to elaborate on that last part, protein is the centerpiece of your meal. It's the anchor of your diet. That is the mm -hmm. uh, predominantly what you should focus on and then build everything else around that. Yes. I think the <laughs> main message that I want to get across is that your health, wellness, and fitness isn't just physical health, wellness, and fitness. And it's not just physiological. It's also, mm -hmm. it's coming from a kind of a holistic approach. I think that's, it's safe to kind of call this episode one of that, like in that top, in that realm, it's, it's a holistic approach. Uh, and I don't mean that to sound kind of woo woo, but I mean that to sound in a way where you have to get your shit together in all different aspects of your life. And this is where that last episode that we did on primary foods was, I think it was titled, why you I can't get, get your shit, shit together. Yeah, why you can't get your shit together. The primary foods and why you can't yeah. get your shit together. Something along those lines. And uh, it, I mean, that's the truth. Like if you can't get your shit together in one area of your life, that is woven into another area of your life. They're not separate. We So we need to stop thinking about our nutrition and our fitness as something that isn't connected to other parts of our life. Because as we focus on our fitness and nutrition, we have the capability to take that into other areas of our life to better ourselves there and vice versa. So mm -hmm. I guess moral of the story is look at it as, like I said, from a holistic approach where it's all intertwined and start to focus on these things together instead of separate. Yes, because ultimately it's how you create creating a, a bridge between primary and secondary foods is what creates a lifestyle versus a quick fix, right? Anybody can knuckle through a, a heavy calorie deficit, but it is much harder. It is much harder to work on these things 
and create a lifestyle and approach to all of these primary secondary foods blending together. That's why so many people have a hard time losing weight and keeping it off because it's not a lifestyle and they don't hammer through all of these things, habits, everything. They just take a one, a single approach towards it and they do it for a short period of time and then they fall back into the lifestyle that didn't get them there to begin with. Long-term lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. And ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars and you'll hear us next week.